where we sit back, relax, and discuss some of humanity's most controversial and intriguing concepts through the lens of skepticism. We have with us Richard, who is excitable, pedantic, and colorful, Laura, the energetic, passionate chatterbox, and the other Richard, enthusiastic and witty, yet by his own definition, gormless. Today, we will be discussing psychics. So grab your English tea or your ice caramel frappuccino, Get comfy and join us as we take a look in our crystal balls. No champagne this week, Oliver. No, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. So you would Other have known that if you were psychic. are available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't drink them. Drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> I'm much more of a Pepsi man myself. Pepsi Max all the way. See, I don't oh, like I don't either do one. I'm just not a soda person. I don't do non-sugar at all. <laughs> I just it's got to be full fat sugar. I've not bought not bought a American well non-international viewers might know not what not know what we're talking about now, but I've not bought a bottle of Iron Brew uh, since it got rid of all the sugar in it. Like See, three years ago. Right, no. Here's the thing. So Iron Brew is amazing. The sugar-free Iron Brew is pants. Yeah. But Iron Brew <laughs> Extra tastes better than original Iron Brew, in my opinion, and it's zero sugar. So have a look for that one, Jilva. In, in my, my niece has actually bought me a bottle, but she's in Manchester, so I've got to wait for her to come over and give it to it's me. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> Are we now Are we sponsored talking? and I just missed something? <laughs> <laughs> so drink Iron, Iron Brew, everybody. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take whatever. <laughs> okay, so psychics. So I'm going to go ahead and out myself and say all week when I was looking forward to making this episode, I thought I read physics. So I was preparing myself up until about two minutes ago to talk about what is smaller than a molecule. And uh, now we're going to be talking about people who, uh, who think they know things. I'm under the impression that they're, they're relatively separate fields of study. Relatively separate. I mean, it I'm depends sure- who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so psychics, where should we get started? Let's start at the beginning. Uh, in about, I don't know when it was, the 1850s, there were three sisters called the Fox Sisters, I think they were called, who uh, set up the first kind of seances. And I think they were, if, I'm, if I remember rightly, they were the first people to charge money for the psychic abilities, psychic demonstrations. And they had the kind of whole knocking thing going. I don't actually know that much about them. This is oh, I heard uh, about them. And, They're the ones that had, yeah, where like they would make the knocks in their room or in their, their house and then they went on the, the road. For, from what I remember, they were the two younger sisters kind of convinced the older sisters, the older sister that this was going on uh, in, in the beginning. But I think they'd by the end of their lives, they'd, at least one of them, if not all of them, had kind of 
denounced it and admitted it was fake. But that was yeah. the that started the kind of same time. There were a lot of people doing it, and it started at the same time as the kind of uh, spiritualist church and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and I'm not sure if they were connected. Well, I think all of those sides of things are like I I'm of the understanding that it was like a Christian idea in terms of like linked with the idea of a Christian afterlife and all those sorts of things. Um, Are you talking about psychics? Yeah, because I think the spiritualist church was one, and again, it's not an expert subject of mine, um, but like there was a spiritualist church. uh, One of the first spiritualist churches was in uh, the town where I grew up, just on the other side of Halifax. Um, And yeah, my understanding is that it was sort of half psychics talking to the dead and half like old fashioned Christian church. Like it was like the the melding of those two ideas. So it was still proper and Victorian and churchy, uh, but it was also <laughs> sort of speaking to the dead and, and stuff like that as well. That's yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea what it was like originally. I've, I've actually been to a modern day spiritualist church just once with one of my friends who invited me there. And they they kind of put, they, they had the Lord's Prayer and like a few snippets of Christianity in, in the kind of book leaflet thing they gave you as you went in. But there was they kind of distanced themselves from Christianity at the same time, mm-hmm. and said they were nothing to do with Christianity, even though they'd clearly plagiarized like huge parts of it. I like they sing hymns and stuff, don't they? Like, yeah. So do, do you think that they're like a blend between Christianity and other pagan religions, or do you think that they're Christianity and then they develop their own um, different doctrine that like kind of like how Mormonism, for example, it's a whole nother doctrine. Like you can't really link it back to a specific other religion that blended in. It was like a whole new thing. So is that's the spiritual, that's what you think it is. Like it's a whole yeah. new take on Christianity. However, yeah, I don't know enough to speak about, about it. With it. Huh. Sorry. No, no, I, I was saying that I, I probably should have just Googled it about six minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know idea. enough about it to speak with any authority. Uh, as as far as I, un- I I imagine, and this is completely like just thrown out of my brain. I've no knowledge of this whatsoever. That originally it was like more Christian, and then uh, um, kind of an extension of Christianity to do with the kind of psychic thing that was kind of sweeping Britain and America at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had you know you had Arthur Conan Doyle was really interested in all that stuff, wasn't he? And yeah. Uh, you know, believed in fairies and. <laughs> well, I think the ability so, was like a big deal in in the sort of mid to late eighteen hundreds. Like all the mm-hmm. sorts of realms of things that we talk about to do with like spirituality rather than religion. Uh, well, yeah, a real big deal, and I think it was a big melting pot of all all the sorts of things. And obviously, sort of more nowadays, when we think of like psychic stuff, I think often very different ideas can come into our minds. It might be the the middle-aged ladies on tv trying to get people to call in to tell the future all the big stage shows that happen or um you know people being charged for private readings and like palm readings or tarot card readings or and all these sorts of things are all sort of yeah again in this big category of psychics um and there's kind of a lot to it i guess yeah because you even have people like john edwards um who would say that he's he's talking to the dead and he does it in a way that doesn't seem like your average, like, um, store shop psychic, um, where you're, you're going and reading a crystal ball. He seems to be more sophisticated, and um, he he talks in front of a big crowd. And he's almost like the motivational speaker version of a psychic. And there's other ones like him. His is just the name that comes to mind. 
Do you uh, think that's a, a natural progression of it, though? Because if you, <laughs> if you, I'm going to say, if you think back to the early days, not that any of us were there in the, not even me with my advanced age was alive in the 1850s. But if, we, <laughs> if you kind of think back to the the photographs and things of psychics in the in the 1850s and stuff. You know, it was all these photos of people with all the ex. Was, did they have photographs in the 1850s? I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was all the people with the kind of ectoplasm coming out of the nose, which just looked like a big sheet. And have you seen the <laughs> photos? Of, uh, the, the ridiculous. And obviously, as, as technology has moved on, as they become as more sophisticated. Many of these things, yeah, it has to be to, yeah. to continue to be able to fool people. Because I think you think of like a psychic and if you go to, like you, you were saying, Laura, like a street shop sort of psychic where you go for a private reading, it's 30 quid or whatever. Uh, you still imagine a room that looks like the 1850s. You like yeah. you still imagine like frilly curtains and those lamps. Deep with the dark colours. Yeah, deep colours, yeah. velvet, all that sort of stuff, don't yeah. you? Um, but I think that's, I don't know if that's more of a cliche nowadays of that sort of realm of of psychic stuff um and i guess maybe like you're saying yeah that might be the the way forward in terms of if people are going to continue doing this and and people are still going to be paying them to do it maybe that sort of motivational speaker style uh presentation is something that would be more yeah approachable or or more yeah wantable by people i think it wows more people all at once like more publicly and it allows for less time for for like scrutiny right so if you're sitting there getting a private reading and you're skeptical there's a lot of opportunity to say like ask questions or examine or or kind of challenge them and put it to the test but when you're sitting in an audience full of like hundreds of people and this guy is just popping shit off left and right and if you don't know his methods and you don't know what he's doing it is super easy to get caught up in in the emotion of it and so even if like say 80% of the crowd doesn't really buy it it was just fun um, he's capturing that other 20% or whatever the, I mean, I made those percentages up, but, um, mm. but he is capturing at least a percentage of the people. And so it's almost like a shotgun versus like a sniper rifle, if you ask me. Um, so yeah, modern technology, I think makes, um, the charlatan side of, of psychics, um, that much more lucrative. Mm. For, uh, has there been any elements of that sort of all these psychic things that we talked about that either of you have ever sort of given any credit to or uh, or sort of believed in in the past? No. I think that I think <laughs> the closest, <laughs> yeah, Jilliver's is a really easy answer. No. Thank you for watching. Next. Skeptic Hangout. We'll see, you next- <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> no, I think the closest I've come to to the wow factor in terms of psychic is the intuition thing there are people who have really good intuitions and really know how to read people. Um, and I mean, there's the practiced magician side of it of like, Oh, statistically speaking, when you say like, Oh, you have a family of four, that's the most popular sized family. It's very easy to guess if they have four children and six total, you could say, Oh, I meant, I meant just the children. Like there's a lot you can do with that. So there's the practiced side, but then there's also this, this intuitive side where they're like, Oh, I'm sensing something's not right. Or I'm sensing um, you're feeling a certain way or whatever. And they may actually be just dead on sensing that there's something there. Um, not in the, not the people who are you're hiring to do that, but like a friend or something who's like, oh, I just, I have this intuition and I'm psychic. 
But what you're really seeing is they're just picking up on emotions and picking up on subtleties um, and listening to what you're saying and putting like connecting dots together. Um, I think some people do that exceptionally well. And so that's where I get the wow factor. Like, I don't, I don't think it's supernatural, but it still Mm -hmm. just blows me away. There are things in that, like with my, sorry, Jill, I'll quickly say this. Um, like my mum's an identical twin, for example, and she she recounts experiences of things like something really, really bad has happened to her twin sister miles and miles away, and she suddenly like stopped and got goosebumps, rang her and said, "What's up?" And she's been, you know, and there are things like that that, and again, I don't know how how true that is, or if she's exaggerating her memories or experiences of the past. Or there's no way of me investigating that either. Yeah, but like. Yeah, there are things like that that people say, and I think it's it sounds believable. And you think, oh well, the the twins, so they must be sort of linked somehow, or psychically then, connected. Yeah, but I don't know how that would physically work. You know, like what is the mechanics behind that? Um, yeah, Jilliver. It doesn't have to physically work, does it? Though, because at the end of the day, we've got you know positive discriminations are well known phenomena, and you, you know she may have had this bad feeling and phoned a sister. And uh, uh, you know, and got it right. How many times did she have a bad feeling and it was wrong? Yeah. And you you you, you kind of block that out. My, you yeah, know, my you remember friend, those times. Yeah. How no, many my times? My best they friend talk? will always say to me, "I knew you were going to phone." Then I just had a feeling you were going to phone. But how many times? You know, we speak to each other every day. I'm going to phone at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that I am, if nothing, monotonous <laughs> or predictable. <laughs> No, that kind of brings up a good point. Like that even just happened to me last night where I sort of got a bad feeling about a friend and I was just kind of in a funky mood about it. And I had reached out to them and they didn't answer. And um, Mark's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't feel good. Well, the next morning, this friend calls me and they had had a a family emergency, right? I was like, I just knew something was wrong. But what I told them, like, I didn't give it any sort of credence in, in terms of psychicism. I was like, you and I communicate, like we play games on sort of a schedule every night. And this person wasn't there to play games, wasn't texting me, wasn't responding to my texts. It's like, oh no, you broke a routine. Something was different. Like there was, there was something different about the way that we normally interact together. And I just picked up on it and I knew that something was wrong. Right. And so like going back to like your mom, like it's, it, maybe there's like a subtle difference in the way they communicated or things have been going a different way than what they're used to. And she just kind of got that feeling. Or it was just a coincidence that something happened where she was, and something bad happened to be happening to a sister. And yeah, and I think the thing you're on about like false positives and stuff, when you see like these big, I mean, there's all on all of YouTube, those like psychic cringe fails, medley <laughs> videos or whatever. Yeah, but you know, like psychics will say three or four different things and you only remember the one thing that they kind of got right yeah. that you then pick up on. And that's, um, yeah, that's carried on. I don't know how popular he is in America. Have you heard of Darren Brown, Laura? Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. a really good example of someone who says, I can do all these things and incredibly it's convincingly. Yeah. And I am telling you, it is not psychic and it is not true. It's, it's a thing that I have learned to do. Um, yeah. And he's amazing at doing those sorts of things, like really highly skilled. So people like Darren Brown and um, Randy, um, James Randy, um, they both, like they have spent their lives showing people how it can be done just by learning the tricks and like the tricks of the trade. And um, I think it's interesting that it can be so easily demonstrated to be done the way that they do it. And yet people still say, Oh no, no, no. Well, you might be able to fake it, 
for this guy over here. That's a real psychic. It's just to me, it's, it's even more impressive though. Like I, I, I can buy into that much more of someone sh- saying, "Look at this incredible skill that I've got on hat." Like it is yeah. still mind blowing when you see it, you know, perform. <laughs> mind that's, blowing. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Is like it is fascinating to me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so easy though, isn't it? To, 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 and that's why it works. To be fooled by people, whether that whether they're honest and letting you know that they're doing it, whether they're honest and whether they're honest and, and, and laying out the trick as it is, whether they're honest and just being a magician and you know you're going to be fooled, or whether they're dishonest and or they genuinely believe they have some kind of power, because let's not say that they're all definitely dishonest because we don't know this, and, right. and whether they actually believe they have some kind of power. And they, it, it is easy, it, regardless of which it is, it is easily for, easy for us to be fooled, you know, un- unless you're an insider and you have the tricks of the trade, unless you're a, a James Randy or a Devon Brown and you know how it's working. I'm, I've, I'm useless when I go and see a magic show. I've no idea how they're doing the tricks at all. It completely baffles me. But that's part of the entertainment value of it. Yeah. And I almost don't want to know because of that. Like, once you find out, it kind of loses a little bit of its... Um... Like what makes it kind of mystical and interesting. You're like, oh, psh, I know how that's done. And it's neat to know how tricks are done, but it does lose sort of a little bit of its edge. Um, but going on to like what you said with like Randy and Darren, and like there are people like pop off who they, like Randy, for example, like proved um, through through recordings and stuff um, that he was listening to someone backstage and she was feeding him information and yeah. all that stuff. And um, so there, there is a fine line between uh, the actual charlatan who, knows what they're doing is a trick and is purposefully and deliberately extorting people. And then the person who's just really genuinely convinced that, um, that they have a gift. So what do you guys think about that? Isn't it, isn't it impossible to know the difference between the people who genuinely believe they've got a gift and the people who are trying to convince everybody that they've got a genuine gift, you know, like, I mean, obviously you can test it, but you know, like, (laughs) I think it's difficult. I, I think it's difficult to like say, this person is definitely a charlatan and this person actually believes they've got a gift because maybe they do genuinely believe they've got a gift in something uh, versus people who are honestly just trying to, well, I say honestly, dishonestly trying to just take money from people who are vulnerable. I think you can prove who's dishonest. You can't prove who, it's going to sound kind of weird. You can okay. prove when people like pop off or um, oh, who's the one, uh, uh, Edward. Jonathan. Yeah, John Edwards. <laughs> no, when you get people like that who you can prove how they do it and you can show how they do it, you have the recordings. Right, that, yeah. In that sense, yes, you can prove positively that someone is a charlatan. I think proving that someone positively is a genuine believer, I think you're right. It's they can be very, 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 very convincing. And you at the end of the day, you still don't know for sure. And I think lots of pseudoscientific words are used, or like there's a vocabulary, isn't there, of, of this whole thing that people that are all sort of made up of words that people don't necessarily understand because they don't use them day to day. And so therefore it's, it sounds impressive when someone talks about something. So people talk about, you know, energies and people talk about, I mean, there's lots of different things that are like cobbled in this, which don't all seem to fit, you know, like there are things about like past lives people talk about and I can read your past lives and what you were in the past or whatever, as well as things that will happen in the future, as well as dead people have passed on to the, the, the next plane or the 
another realm or heaven or mm -hmm. and i think there's not like a clear sort of doctrine behind all of this because it's not like an organized group like a religion or something it's just lots of individual people just sort of jumping on this uh on this yeah bandwagon um i think they do again, tend to they tend to uh float together or congregate together though don't they so a lot of these uh uh, things it's it's like we were talking about in the UFO thing. You know, you know, a lot of people who experience UFOs experience a certain type of alien if they've had an alien encounter because of yeah. the folklore that's grown up around it. And I think it's a kind of the same thing with this. You do get a lot of repeating uh, ideas and things like that within yeah. it because they do congregate together and they do talk to each other and they do go to the same shows and they do. Uh, you know, and they, they believe in the same things. Like they do believe in reincarnation. A lot of them, you know, they believe if they see a feather, it's from an angel. That that's that's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, and there is there is this like people write books, people teach classes, right? Yeah. They they publish stuff. Things are in the news. So yeah, I think you're right. I think there's many many yeah. different ways that um, once a trend gets started, it picks up its own momentum and it kind of keeps going. So you're right. You have a lot of these little fractured fringe, different, lots and lots of different ideas. Um, but at the same time, I think Jilliver is right. There is sort of a trend towards this general idea of what a psychic is. And most psychics that I've like heard of or been exposed to kind of fall within that general realm. Um, or at least within a few general like categories, like you said, um, be it the readings or like the card readings or, or reading a person's yeah home or whatever or like seeing ghosts i don't know like there there's sort of um i don't know exactly where i was going with that it was like they they, they do tend to learn from one another you know what i'm saying yeah about 15 years ago i i used to uh when i was much more proactive in challenging people than I am now. believe it or not i was i used to be worse than i am now for ch for challenging bad ideas uh, i i i actually went through a phase of like emailing finding out psychics supposed psychics and emailing them and i had a list of 10 questions uh that i used to use i can't remember them i've probably still got them somewhere but it was kind you of can a post them in the facebook discussion group if you find them yes I, I will do it was a setup they were really simple questions like why do people see ghosts at night and things like that, you know, things of that nature. But they were set up. And I used to tell them that it was a setup when I emailed them or had a conversation with them. I was up front with them. And I said to you, because, you know, how you answer this will affect what the second layer of questions is going to be, which is much more in-depth. <laughs> and huh. they, 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 I literally, I remember one set, uh, it was an husband and wife team, and they taught people. Uh, they they taught like ran courses for like hundreds and hundreds of pounds, like and, psychic courses. Yeah, how how to develop your psychic abilities yeah. and uh, like workshops and stuff. And I emailed them and I started talking to the wife, and she must have like got out of a death, and, and her husband, husband took over. <laughs> uh, and the, the kind of the third email, it was saying like, you know, we're literally going to sue you if you don't stop. They'd stopped in engaging with the questions because I'd literally just torn the like thing apart. I'd gone. Wow. To, we'd only got to the second layer of questions, and they didn't even answer the second layer of questions because yep. I'd just set them up that much. So, but it was really bad stuff. It was really harmful stuff. Like one of the things they said that they'd done was contacted the family of Madeline McCann 
because they knew who the killer was. And like I'd I'd said this was I'd obviously I'd put to him this wasn't a good thing to do. This was an unhealthy thing to do. And I, I'd like said, how did they react? And he said, Oh, they didn't want to know. I said, Well, don't tell you something. You know, yeah. don't tell you how much harm you're causing when you you're like telling people people have lost the daughter and in suspicious circumstances and you know never been found and you're telling them that yeah she, yeah that she's been killed and we can tell you who the killer is you know and it was oh it, oh yeah and that can just rip open new wounds and go ahead yeah because i think you could quite easily argue couldn't you with stuff like this that in in some ways you know someone lost a loved one they go for a psychic reading the psychic tells them yeah they're here they're safe they say they love you go along your merry way, thanks for your money. Uh, and that does no harm because the person just feels relieved that the loved one is fine on the other side and it's given them that bit of comfort in their hour of need and stuff. And in a way, I can kind of understand that, but I think there are much healthier ways of getting comfort in a time of grief. Um, but I think it can also just be a really dangerous trap for people who use it as and I'm generalizing, but I think people could potentially use it as a, a sort of crux, uh, as, as the way to grieve, like grieving through that sort of process. And I know people can get sort of hooked in a cycle of that, can't they? And it just goes on and on and on. Absolutely. Um, and it's not just that either. It's also, if, if, if you're prone to, uh, if you're prone to doing that, you might receive some small comfort from it, or even a large, a big amount of comfort from it. But that's not the point. If you're prone to falling for that, you know, someone could phone pretending to be a Nigerian prince and you're more prone to falling for that as well. So yeah, Jilliver, I think you make a really, really, really good point with the, the um, if you're susceptible to one type of deception, you can be susceptible to other types of deception. I think the other thing with psychics trying to serve, uh, solve murders and stuff like that is that that can potentially cause a lot of heartbreak and pain if they're always wrong, right? So they, they start it's pointing. Well, sure, a lot of money, but even if they just volunteer their time to like yeah. the police and said, hey, here's the Nobody even police's time, you know, police's time and money following. Oh yeah, or, absolutely. So whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time and resources, but it's also like heartbreaking for the family to always feel this little bit of hope and then get let down and then feel a little bit of hope and then get let down. I mean, the amount of trauma that it puts families through, I think is enough to say that like that, that is so unscrupulous. Definitely. I think as well, the whole comfort thing is uh, sort of a side to look at in terms of like, I know with religion that sometimes people make um, comments about comfort, you know, like, well, if you've got an elderly relative who has been a devout Christian all her life and she knows she's going to heaven when she dies, isn't it better to a, to just leave her to be, you know, happy in a Christian faith, even though... Yeah we might believe that it's a false comfort and it it is difficult isn't it because we all want comfort don't we <laughs> like we all want to feel a sense of comfort uh and like security and thinking about things um and that's it's not an invalid pursuit um no but and, and I'd, i i would totally do like if i didn't if i had an elderly relative who was in that position yeah. I'd, I'd i'd have no like qualms about letting them believe what they wanted to believe if they were on the deathbed but I think that's quite a different thing to having uh, someone who's in the 40s or 50s who's lost maybe a son in an accident just pulling something from thin air 
and yeah. and being and I'm going to use the term because that's exactly what they're doing preyed upon by someone who's telling them the 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 sons in some that now that will give them that comfort but they're not on the deathbed they've got a long time to go yeah. and where the, like we like we said where they are open to bad ideas and that to me is the key thing what you leaving yourself open to bad ideas and that's what these people are preying on yeah. yeah, I think when it comes to truth claims, like I'm, I'm a little softer than most skeptics in the terms of like, I don't really care what other people believe. Like I myself want to believe as many true things as I can. And if something is wrong, I want to know and I want to really analyze it. And I know that I hold many beliefs right now that are wrong. And as I identify them, like I'll, I'll decide what to do with those. But I think it is sort of a, a balancing act. Like Jilliver said, like if, if it's causing only good and no harm and it's something that they need I'm a little more hesitant to take that away from them, but if it's something that there's a potential, like, for example, if they're donating money to someone like John Edwards, they're, they're losing financially for, for zero gain whatsoever. Or if someone's leading them in the wrong direction to find a missing child, like when there's harm involved, um, there, I kind of have a problem. So if someone wants to just go to a palm reading and they're like, well, I don't really know if I believe it or not. It's just fun. I don't have a problem with that. It's when they, they make a career decision based off of it, or they decide whether or not to stay with a spouse based off of it or something like that. Like that to me, it becomes really damaging. It's like going to a game of bingo. I know I'm going there to just pay some money and not win anything, sure. but it's fun. And like, that's okay. By the way, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm an advocate for deconverting grandmas on the deathbeds. So that's not my position, <laughs> by the way. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> um, no so yeah, hate mail, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, you do see, like I see on, I might see some people I know on Facebook saying, oh, me and a group of girls are going to a psychic show who wants to come or whatever. Um, and yeah, they probably, it's it's probably just like a good laugh and a good night out and stuff. But I think it is just those those times when it, it does go too far in one direction, maybe. Yeah. And having to balance out or identify when that is like, mm. um, I don't know, for the most part for me, I'm, I'm pretty like, let's just educate people and let them make their own decisions. But um like there is a point where I'm like, oh, if you want to go gamble and waste your money, that's your business. If you want to go do this and waste your money, that's your business. Like there is a point where it's like, eh, give them the information and then let them do what they want with it. Um, yeah. But in terms of like my own approach to um, psychics, like I think that there can be a really fun, entertaining side as long as it's not being deceptive. Like the, like the James Randi and the, the Darren Browns. How do you not be deceptive though? Even, I mean, I, I know people who are who claim to be psychic or have at least some psychic ability who uh, they haven't got deceptive bone in the body. They're not trying to go out and fool people, but it's part of the larger picture and the larger things that they're doing and the larger yeah. kind of hurt that they're potentially calling, causing. How, how do you... Kind of, I mean, and with this person who I know in question, I will tell her outright, I think it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, in, in general, I, I tend to be, leave people to believe what they want. I've got a lot of religious friends and I, I, I don't sit there. And if I go out for a meal with them, I don't sit there saying your ideas are bad, your thinking's <laughs> bad, you've got poor epistemology because you believe in Muhammad or Jesus right. or whatever. I just don't do it. Yeah. You know, we, we, we talk about whatever we're talking about. Um but I think the, 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 
you have to take each individual circumstance as it is. And if somebody's, uh, they may genuinely believe they're doing something, and in the long run, I mean, this particular person who I know is always kind of an emotional wreck because of, uh, you know, when loved ones get ill or anything like that. It doesn't help her. It doesn't give her comfort. And she's going out and being part of these larger groups. She's actually runs a paranormal investigation team. And, uh, you know, and they're just passing on and encouraging more and more of that behaviour. So whereas she may not be going out purposefully deceiving people, she is still causing harm indirectly. And Yeah, that's a good... Oh, go ahead. You finish. No, that I was, I was finished. Go. I think that that becomes really, really complicated, right? Because um, from my perspective, um, I, I can't prove 100% that they're not psychic or there's not something more to it. So I can't say you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. But at the same time, I agree with you. They're going out and making more psychics and more paranormal investigators. And if it is 100% false, then yes, they are spreading and perpetuating falsehoods and potentially hurting people. If it comes down to um, like financial loss or emotional or whatever, um, there is harm that can be caused. So I get, I get really confused in terms of like how I should approach that with people that I know who believe in that stuff. Like, do I discourage it or do I just passively say, well, I don't agree with it or I don't believe in it? You know, like how active a role do you take in that case? Because it is hard to distinguish from the outside how much harm or otherwise that's doing someone, exactly. isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or and how widespread. Yeah, and if you saw that something that was going on with one of your friends was harmful and you could really clearly see that, I think you are absolutely within your rights to to try and combat that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like that whole thing of like, your right to swing your arm stops at the end of my nose. Like, as long as, <laughs> right. as, long as what you're doing doesn't impact me negatively, go for it, fine. But we do care about people, don't we? And if, if harm's right. going on, that's not great. Yeah, and like Jilliver said, like, sometimes you don't know what harm you're causing because you're perpetuating something and then down the line, it, like, may have an indirect effect. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this was going to be less complicated than this when we started talking because I think... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when, when we were talking about psychic original, I was just thinking, yeah, I don't think any of that's real. There's not much to talk about it, but actually kind of, it, it's opened up kind of a big moral question with all of this, hasn't it? Like it's a big morality question in terms of vulnerable people and helping people and levels of comfort and belief, disbelief, freedom to believe different things. And uh, yeah, it's real complicated. And sincerity. When... Yeah. Mm. Cool. Oh, we all, we both cut each other off and then we both went silent. Um, yeah, no, I think that there's also like what makes it even more complicated is what we were talking about with that level of sincerity. Like how do you determine a charlatan from someone who really genuinely believes and does it make a difference if they're actually wrong and they're not helping people? Does it matter that they're being genuine or should they still be discouraged from doing that kind of stuff? It's complicated. It is. I, I yeah, I think the whole thing, uh, I, I don't know. It's the whole area for me is it's 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 one where I have to watch myself because it's one where I find it easy to ridicule people, and that's not what I want to do. I don't want to ridicule people because it, it's it's I can understand how someone may believe in uh, 
kind of do you have a general belief in ghosts or a general belief in religious particular religion if they've been brought up and indoctrinated in it but this is not something i find easy to accept why people believe it because to me it's just so blatantly bullshit you know what i mean and it it, it, it goes from kind of bullshit on one hand that's the kind of best aspect of it and then it goes to like just blatant fraud and it, it's that that makes it so difficult for me to to not be kind of offensive about and I don't want to and you two guys know me you know I'm not I don't go out to offend people yeah. on purpose you know what of I mean? course you do no. <laughs> no. Apart from. <laughs> no, I think. I th- that's, that's not me, and I, I don't want to do that, but I, it just really kind of eats at me that there were people who were so bound up and caught up in this belief. I think but it's. I think people... Sorry, go on, Laura. No, you first. Go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, like, I think it's really easy to think about that sort of a concept in different in different sort of subjects. So, like, as a Christian, I used to think, well, of course, Islam and Buddhism and Sikhism and stuff are all bullshit because Christianity is the thing that makes sense. And I understand that. And like, I don't know why anyone would believe those things. You know, the limited thing I knew about those areas. Um, it's interesting that you have that in like a different sort of frame, of, you know, like, because I guess if your parents sort of latently in the background believe in psychics and spiritual stuff like this, that might rub off on a child in the same growing up in the same way as a latent background Christianity or Islam or Buddhism or whatever might do too. So I find it interesting that it's for you in like a separate category of bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I understand why you see it as that, uh, and I do too. But I think for me, it's actually in a similar sort. Obviously, it's not organised in the same way as a, re- a religion is, uh, but for me, it's in in very much the same sort of category of people don't really understand this and sort of cling on to those ideas. Um, Laura, what were you going to say? No, I, I agree with what you're saying um, in the sense that it, it does follow a lot of the same mental patterns. And so as um, the way that our brains work as humans, it actually makes perfect sense to me. But what I was going to say is I honestly think that the whole psychic thing is way more subtle than you give it credit for, because we, we are, types of people that we talk about these kind of things all the time. We're talking about religion. We're talking about philosophy. We're in these discussion groups. We have these social groups. And to us, yeah. things seem really, really obvious. But to the average person, they're just going about their day, going to work, um, raising children, going to school, whatever it is. And they're only exposed to bits and pieces of information here and there. And it can be really, really compelling, especially when someone, say, guesses something right. Um, or when they're watching it on TV and it's very carefully crafted and cut scenes to where it looks like, oh, every single guess is the right guess, even though they don't show the, the hundreds and hundreds of wrong guesses, um, or they don't show that there's a person with an earpiece feeding them information. Um, I think it can be really, really subtle. Um, and I think that our brains are programmed to kind of feel that existential sort of, there's something beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. So even those who don't believe in God are like, well, but there's something there, right? And Let so, me try and clarify a little bit then what, what I was trying to say. I wasn't okay. criticizing <laughs> We the both just jumped on it. I just thought it was No, no, that is fine, yeah. and I want you to yeah. do that. Uh, I want... I, let me... It's just just a broad clarification. That it, to me, it's whereas most people would separate, for example, Scientology from Christianity. 
Oh, most, most people would look at Scientology as blatantly a cult, and Christianity is a recognised uh, tradition, and, and and that's the kind of what I mean by the difference between them. To to me, it falls into more into the idea of Scientology rather than into the idea of a, a like a if you want and this I feel so wrong to say this, but a legitimate belief system <laughs> culturally like defined legitimate system yeah everything being arbitrary we've, we've decided that christianity and islam and hinduism um, and judaism that they're all acceptable cultural religions but then these other ones it's almost based on size like the smaller mm-hmm. the religion is the more the, the easier it is to call it a cult Right. Maybe I mean, that is my prejudice coming through, and maybe it is based on sizing because it's not uh, organized as much. I mean, yeah, and it's because it it, it takes um, a unique turn away from religion, right? Like it, when we're talking about psychics, we're talking about reaching out to the dead or intuitively knowing something about a person. It's kind of in that in that respect, it's different from a religion. Religions teach about things like where we come from and where we're going, and whether or not there's a deity or, or multiple deities. And so we're kind of used to what a religion looks like or feels like. And yeah. psychics fall outside of that. They're, they're like their own little subcategory, you know, of the supernatural. <laughs> Don't go getting all quiet on me, boys. <laughs> oh, Richard was going to say something. I know what I said was not that I profound. I thought I was going to say something. And then nothing came so up. picked up on that psychically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I had anything. I did have something to say. Don't know what it was. We can cut all. I was hoping things. you were going to to criticize me again because I, I genuinely do. I know we said this quite a lot, but genuinely do love it when people disagree with me and give me food for thought and something to think about. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's, maybe I'm completely wrong, or maybe I just need to refine my argument. Maybe I've not expressed it very well. Well, because I think as well, like with psychics, I think. It, from the outside, from like our perspective, oftentimes as well, it can seem like this tacky sort of thing as well, can't it? You know, like the shows are tacky and this stereotypical idea of going into a psychic shop, like I was talking before, is sort of this tacky thing. And I think because it's so much more obviously a money grabbing exercise, whereas like a church is a money grabbing exercise, but sort of discreetly at the back in a pot or sort of through direct debits every month as you're tithing or whatever it is. Like, it's just very upfront. This is so many pounds to to have this reading. Um, aesthetically, I think it is very, very different to these religious ideas. And maybe that plays a part in it as well, um, potentially. And, and and going back to what Laura said with with John Edwards at the start, <laughs> where, where <laughs> it, it does, it's more corporate. Even that is, it kind of, it makes you think a bit feel a bit icky that somebody's uh-huh. like putting on yeah. this this showmanship kind of just to try and extort money from you in in a way and you know it does give you like this kind of cringy horrible ooh feeling whereas like people in religion even the people running the show you know i i have friends who are vicars and nuns and stuff and they they genuinely believe what they're doing they the wrong, but they genuinely right. believe it. <laughs> Whereas a lot of these people, these psychics, naming none because we don't want to get sued, but a lot of these psychics are genuinely going out just to rip people off. And it's yeah. that kind of, 
horrible feeling you get when you, you've just got such a strong suspicion that someone's doing that. Well, I think that, that that becomes an issue like pretty much every time we talk about supernatural stuff is the line is so fuzzy between people who just genuinely believe and genuinely want to get out there and educate other people about their beliefs and show other people why it's right and um, and live out their lives in like, oh, I, I really feel like I'm a psychic. I want to help people. I want to um, share my readings with people. And the the people who know that there's an opportunity to make money here, right? That's true in every, like just about every facet of culture and life and stuff. So you have it in religions and you have it in yeah. um, these psychic um, circles. It's, uh, it's delineating between the two that make it so difficult to talk in terms of like morality and stuff because you're right not every single one of them is a charlatan um Mm. but then you're also right like it seems absurd that people would buy into it but then i don't know for me i have to realize that like everybody's line is different and like our perspectives even just the three of us like our lines for what seems absurd oh it's more acceptable to understand someone believing christianity because i believe it (laughs) but i can't really understand why someone would believe this it is interesting how if our perspectives can be that unique it, it i don't know it seems pretty easy for me to believe that people would genuinely embrace this and say yeah i'm gonna go get my psychic reading and i i think my psychic is really spot on okay so a question for you then all right based on that based on what you've just said and obviously open to you as well richard thanks do you think that people are uh, more likely to fool themselves into believing this kind of thing or do you think i think what i'm trying to say is if someone's challenged if you go to for example a christian or a muslim and challenge challenge their beliefs Mm -hmm. do you think they're more likely to question it from that challenge than someone who believes in kind of psychic abilities and the the say for example john edwards can genuinely tell them about the loved ones, do you think if you challenge their belief, and there's a reason for asking this, and I'll tell you before you answer the question, uh, if you challenge their beliefs, do you think they're more or less or the same uh, in the respect of actually believing and being strong in that belief than, say, for example, a Christian or a Muslim would? And the reason I ask that is that I've challenged lots of religious people from lots of different traditions and they tend to be quite strong in the in the in the belief system and not rattled so much by it. Some of them take offense, but they're not really rattled by it. Whereas by and large, if you challenge someone who has a belief in this kind of psychic thing, they tend to get much more angry with you much quicker. That's interesting. That, so so your opinion. No, I was just saying, I don't really spend, this is going to sound like a crappy answer, but I don't really challenge people a lot with their beliefs. So I don't really know like what you're experiencing. Cause just off the offset, while you were asking your question, I was like, I don't know, like it would be up to each individual, right? Like there's individual Christians who are easier to challenge and then that are harder to challenge. And so I would assume there are more individuals, um, who are psych or who believe in the psychic phenomena. There are some that are weak in their beliefs and some that are strong in their beliefs. But based on what you're saying with your experience, it kind of takes what I would have answered and kind of makes it invalid because it it just shows me that I don't have the experience or the data to even know 
what the different nuances are with these different demographics. Like, let my, me clarify, by the way, that I am wildly generalizing with that question. Oh, and sure. And it's with your own experience. Of, yeah. Like, it's, I'm, I'm just talking about in general and. Yeah. It's anecdotal. Yeah. My first intuition in answering that question would be that lots of religions have, have sort of inbuilt defense mechanisms, like they're told, mm-hmm. you know, like you will be challenged on your beliefs and here are some ways to combat that or um, what have you. Whereas I guess that's not necessarily part of the whole psychic experience Um, and possibly, and I'm just talking off the hoof, but like if someone's sort of invested in psychic readings and that, and maybe they've had a, a, you know, a really strongly emotional personal experience about a loved one who's died or something like that, maybe that can be, well, understandably much more emotive experience and maybe a raw emotive experience that they feel they need to defend um, as opposed to sort of a day-to-day defense of the religion that they've they've been taught to expect to have to do, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's just sort of my first... They're both very, very good answers and, and both kind of uh, shatter the question itself a little bit, <laughs> but... which is good, which is a good thing the, the, because it's not something none of those things are things that I'd considered uh, in, in why people respond the way they do. So it's, it's good to kind of have that extra perspective there. It's just amazing how complex cultural phenomena really are. So when you have a belief that a person holds it, it, we can really take for granted all of the stuff behind the belief, right? Like every moment, every teaching, um, what brought them there, what sort of reinforcements they've had it, your question kind of actually exposes that a little bit that like every person has a different, it's like they have this little belief and there's all this stuff behind it that, that reinforces it or formulates it or is responsible for it. And um, there's and different- you, can, you, might have, you might have two people who've got a similar strength of belief and a st- similar conviction of belief in one thing or another, but may just respond to that question in different ways. Like some people might be full out like, punch you in the face with their answers whereas some people are just like I'm not having that conversation I'm happy where I am I'm not having that conversation you know like and it doesn't necessarily indicate a difference in belief or passion or conviction in in that thing but it's just yeah different ways that people approach it and it's that second answer that that I don't want that conversation which I've never ever found when questioning psychics it's always been the aggressive uh, or should I say the people who believe in it, not necessarily psychics themselves, yep. but it's always that kind of aggressive defensive thing. But do you think that, do you think, do you think part of that is because people just get tired of being challenged all the time and people who believe in psychics are already in the minority. Most of us don't. So they're constantly getting bombarded with like, Oh, you believe in that garbage. Right. So I wonder how much of the anger, just like the angry atheist, like I wonder how much of the anger is really just people don't like to have their beliefs challenged. You know what I'm saying? And whereas like what Gil said, a religious person has those built-in defense mechanisms and they're ready for it. Um, I wonder if a lot of the anger is just like you're, you're um, hitting an you annoyance think they are challenged a lot. People who believe in psychics. Yeah. I have a yeah. friend who believes in it and she like, one of the things she appreciates about me is that knowing that I disagree with her and that I don't challenge her on it. Like, that's something that she, she's like, I love that we can have different beliefs and still be friends and we can talk about things and I can tell you about my beliefs and how I'm learning how to, how to do these different things, um, as a Wiccan. Right. And you're not like constantly breathing down my throat about it. Cause she does, she gets it from everywhere. Like, Oh, you believe that garbage? Uh, oh, you believe that shit? 
Do you think that might be a cultural thing? Again, going back to the kind of thing we talked about in the ghosts episode, because I think in in Britain, so many people believe in ghosts and kind of uh, psychic stuff and things. Uh, I don't, I, I don't see people challenging it very often. Oh, it could be cultural. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think in America, at least, it's really considered like woo woo. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it really is taken a lot less seriously. I know that there are lots of people who believe. Don't get me wrong, but. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily mainstream. Richard, your opinions? Opinions, opinions. I <laughs> I think it's possibly like like the ghosts thing, where I think it's possibly like because we're sat here as like skeptics with skeptic hats on, and like we're considering stuff in a deep way. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of people. I think it's been mentioned before, but like don't necessarily delve into that deep play. And it's one of those. Oh, maybe there's something to that, but it doesn't affect my life in a big way, so I'm not going to like think about it that much. Uh, and so they get an invite to a psychic show at the weekend. They go, "That was fun and interesting. Maybe there's something in that." And I think, yeah, possibly it's. I imagine it to be quite a common thing, uh, just from my experience, that people having yeah, like in the background, it's just like a oh, probably I don't know. Yeah, like just it's a it. You can't take for granted, I think, in any of our conversations, the different levels of education and exposure that people have to different ideas. I think that that should probably be an occurring theme um, throughout yeah. all of our discussions is that, like, when it comes to other people's beliefs, oh, gosh, there's, it's just it's <laughs> way too complicated, you know. But I know I, that I, we're – go ahead. I was, I was just wondering, you with you mentioning Wiccan, Wiccan in particular, mm-hmm. the – I've known a few people who, and I don't know whether it's because I kind of ride a motorcycle and I bump into these kind of people a lot <laughs> when I'm out on my travels. But what? But I've I've known and like me quite a lot of people who profess to be kind of Wiccan and stuff, and even that is is this. I don't see it being challenged. If somebody says they're a Wiccan, I don't kind of see a lot of ridicule. Going in but is that because people don't really know that much about it generally as well? Like if mm, someone maybe. says they're into psychics, people have more sort of knowledge about that generally, I guess. Whereas I don't know that much about Wiccan as a as an idea, and so therefore I can't as as accurately or sufficiently challenge it. Maybe that's part of that as well. Maybe, yeah. So we're... what's that? Well, we're coming up toward the end-ish of the show. Like we still have a few yeah. more minutes, but um, I kind of wanted to get to a good point to start um, wrapping things up. So what I was thinking is um, if we could all just kind of briefly go over, um, I, I know that as skeptics, we're all going to say like, I don't believe in psychic phenomena, but if you could each kind of a little bit more in depth, then I'll get a little bit more in depth into mine. What are your feelings or beliefs toward um, psychic phenomena? Like not just the psychic individuals, whether or not they are, um, sincere or insincere, but like psychic phenomena in general. I think that uh, I think it's difficult because to me, it automatically, it feels like there's a poisoning of the well going on by calling it psychic phenomena. Because I think it's it's very easy for us to say, you know, there are subtle things that we do, especially if we know someone really well. But even if we meet someone for the first time, we're a social species, we can pick up on little kind of hints and uh, body language, tone, facial expressions, and we can read people 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's part of our being a social species. And I think the psychic phenomena is, and the idea of it is an extension of that overall. Uh, obviously, I don't think there's anything in it. And I think I've made my feelings pretty plain on that during this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, to sum up my my general feelings, um, I think I understand. I can kind of understand why people can can have some sort of belief in all those sorts of things generally, uh, because I think there's loads about the human brain we don't know. Feel, uh, but then like fields like psychology and stuff are all like in terms of the history of humans, like new, <laughs> like. Yeah. There's loads we don't know and loads still to find out. But I think until there's actual reason and evidence to believe in any of these things, then I I don't. Um, on a slightly separate note, um, psychic-type Pokemon are my favourite type of Pokemon. Heck yeah, uh, they like, are. Psyduck. Down. Psyduck. <laughs> uh, Psyduck is like, to me, the <laughs> Pokemon. Psyduck's You've lost there. me with this, you two Hi. younglings. I'm <laughs> ask, your, ask your Pokemon friends, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I would kind of mirror the two of you in my in my stance on it. I think I would take more of a Pokemon? soft... Uh, oh, I'm definitely with you on Pokemon. <laughs> there. Yeah. Although Mewtwo is my favorite. And I don't... Uh. Yeah. But anyway, so um, I would say that I'm a little bit gentler on my approach with psychics. I, I haven't seen anything compelling and not just psychics, but like, can we talk to the dead? Is there dead to talk to in the first place? Right. Um, can we psychically link with someone and know their feelings and thoughts or read their minds or whatever? All the data that I've seen suggests that we can't, I just don't have any compelling reason to believe it. Having said that, if there is something else out there that we just don't understand and that these people just haven't found the right way to demonstrate it to us, I'm completely open to the idea that there is something out there um, that we just don't understand. Uh, and if I'm, there is I'm, something, I'd love to know about it. And I, yeah, and I'm completely willing to see the information on this. I'm completely captivated by the whole idea of like the, the psychic world and, and tarot card readings and poem readings and stuff. I'm captivated by how it works and how they learn how to do what they do. Um, and if they do become convinced that they're actually doing something mystical or magical, I'm very very intrigued to know why like why if, if you're learning how to do this and you become really good at it where do you cross the line from oh this is just a fun trick that I've learned that I've mastered into no I'm really able to uh delve into the spiritual world and there's something beyond me that is that is helping me with this um I find it far more fascinating in terms of um letting go of my skepticism and learning more about it than say religions where I've, I've done all the studying and I've done the historical stuff. And I'm kind of a little jaded, <laughs> you know, like I think I'm still a bit more open to, to learning about the whole psychic thing than I am say with religion. And so if someone did come to me, I think I would approach it with more of an open mind, um, which may be unfair, but I'll just put it out there being human. Um, I'm completely like, if you can convince me, then convince me. But I, I don't think it's unfair to say that at, at all. I think, I mean, I'm coming from the opposite end of the scale where I've been doing that for kind of years and years and years anyway. So I'm, I'm much more jaded. <laughs> <laughs> but as I don't think there's anything wrong with going into anything with an open mind and being open to and receptive to listening to what people have to say. That's what we should be doing. But I am more closed minded when it comes to religions and certain religions specifically. Like I've already 
made that decision and to change my mind on those would take a lot more, you know, is what I'm saying. Mm. So I do feel like when it comes to certain um, supernatural claims and beliefs, um, specifically in terms of religion, it, I have already closed off a lot of like, nope, been there, done that, done the research. You're going to have to really work hard to convince me. Whereas with more subtle phenomena, like are there ghosts and can we speak to the dead and can we psychically link to each other? I'm I'm just, that's still interesting to me. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be really interested to hear from any of our viewers or listeners, if they've had any of these sorts of experiences that they really do fully believe in. Yeah. Yeah. And where can they tell us about that, Richard? What a pertinent and timely question. (laughs) (laughs) Always Um, right on time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the Facebook, uh, the official Facebook discussion group is going to be linked in our link. There's a link tree um, link with all the links to all our things. And it's on there uh, along with all the other platforms on which you can access this show. Uh, so yeah, please do um, bob along there and, and have a discussion because I haven't had very many experiences in that sort of realm of life. Um, and I'd be very, very happy to, to hear some other people's experiences as well. Yeah. Let's get into some discussions. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else before I close it up? No, go ahead. All right. I guess that's it for today. So in the meantime, we are Laura. Richard. And Richard. And you've been watching Skeptic Hangout. Until next time. Keep questioning. Interrogate your beliefs. And stay skeptical. Bye. Bye.